Podcast, the show where I cover the least in the best way possible. I'm your host, Jason Wells, and the world is just kind of on fire right now. If you live in Ottawa, I mean, we've had like an air quality control with all the forest fires in the surrounding area. Uh, I mean, it's weird. It's weird waking up and walking out the door having it smell like campfire. Uh, But yeah, I guess it is what it is. This is the world we're living in right now. Thank you, climate change. Let's talk about some football. Because talking about the climate really... It's just sad. (laughs) Um, Yeah, let's move on to some football. Not a whole lot to talk about this week. But as always, we'll go over the NFL Weekly Update and... I'll do part two of the Hall of Very Good. This one will be running backs and wide receivers. Uh, Should be a good show, and I guess let's just get right into the NFL Weekly Update. A lot of Bills news, honestly, this week. Uh, We'll start off with Ed Oliver has signed a four-year, $68 million extension with $45 million guaranteed. Um... Huge payday for Ed Oliver, obviously. Um, But it's one of those things where I think the Bills are banking on him, him taking that next step and really earning that money. He's already a very good player, but they drafted him to be one of these elite defensive tackles that we do have in the league, like a Jeffrey Simmons, like an Aaron Donald. I mean, no one's Aaron Donald, but... Simmons, Quinnen Williams, Christian Wilkins even. I know I'm forgetting guys, but uh, DeForest Buckner, so on, so on. Um, Dexter Lawrence for the Giants. Uh, yeah, it's could be a very good deal for the Bills if he does take that next step. I feel like, I mean, we've been saying Ed Oliver is going to take this leap for the last couple seasons, and... He's been good, don't get me wrong, but he now got paid. He needs to hit that next level. Uh, I think the Bills have made moves to put him in the best possible situation. Just let him pass rush. He's not that great of a run defender. Uh, They brought in Puna Ford for that reason. Uh, Yeah, and the Bills also brought in this guy on a one-year deal. Leonard Floyd signs a one-year deal, $9 million with the Bills. Um... First round, former first round pick, started his career with the Bears. He's played his last three seasons with the Rams. Uh, his last three years, he's finished with nine or more sacks. Very good piece to add this late, uh, this late in the offseason. Uh, it's a good move while Von Miller is still rehabbing his knee injury. Leonard Floyd will get those snaps opposite Gregory Russo. And then when Vaughn Miller comes back, it's a pretty good pass rush rotation with, I mean, Vaughn Miller, Greg Russo, Leonard Floyd now, and you still have A.J. Epinesa and Carlos Boogie Basham off the bench. Uh, Brandon Bean has definitely invested a lot into that defensive line with young picks and guys like A.J. Epinesa and Carlos Basham haven't really developed into the quality 
starters that they would have liked. Leonard Floyd comes in, immediate guy who, I mean, it's a great third option as a pass rush uh, if you're the Bills. So very good move by them. Uh, Some NFC North news. Uh, I talked about this already. I mean, I've been saying Dalvin Cook is gone. Uh, It's official. Actually, it's still not official. He's still a Viking. But Adam Schefter said that whether it'll be a trade or he'll be cut, the Vikings are done. He will not be a Viking for the start of the 2023 season. Um... Yeah, I, I'm i still all on board for Dalvin Cook going to Miami, obviously for the right price. Apparently Miami was rumored to be close to a trade in March. Obviously that deal fell through. We picked up uh, Devin A-Chain. Oh, that probably would have been the pick that we would have given back to the Vikings. Uh, it's looking pretty good. I mean, if Dalvin Cook wants to play for the Dolphins, it appears that he does. He will sign there for whatever they offer him. Um, in terms of other teams that could be interested, I honestly have no idea. To me, it's always been the Dolphins. It's There's no other team that really seems to be putting putting their foot in there. To I saw someone say the Jets, like, sure, as like a second option behind Brees Hall. I mean, that would be a great tandem, but I don't know why the Jets would want to do that uh, to begin with, but... Dalvin Cook will eventually be a Dolphin. It is just a matter of time now. Uh, next note up, we have uh, Chase Young. Uh, the commanders are open to moving him, trading him. Obviously, they declined his fifth-year option. And I get it. He has been hurt the last couple years. He had a very good rookie season. Hasn't really lived up to that since. Hasn't lived up to his pre-draft hype either. Um, and if you're the commanders, it's... Yeah, why wouldn't you move him? Get some value back. You're nowhere near contending. I mean, I take that back. Their roster is very good. It's just the quarterback is not there. Even though Jacoby Brissett's probably the best quarterback they've had since... Since Kirk Cousins, I guess. Um, I was going to say RG3, but I forgot that Kirk Cousins used to be there. Uh, either way, I mean, lots of teams should be interested in Chase Young. The potential is still there for him to be one of the elite edge rushers in this league. Uh, someone will make the move. I'm not sure who. He will need to get paid for next... Yeah, next offseason, he will need to get paid. Who wants to make that move? We'll see. But Chase Young is going to be on, or I was going to say the open market, but he's going to get moved. I don't know why the commanders wouldn't move him. Um, Next note up, Netflix has announced that they will have a documentary on the 2006-2009 Florida Gators uh, football team. Uh, If you're not aware of what was happening at that Gators team at the time, so... Head coach, Urban Meyer. Uh, Urban Meyer, obviously one of the worst coaches to ever coach in the NFL. Hell of a college coach. Could not do it in the NFL. Too busy going to bars and cheating on his wife. Um, To, I mean, fuck, he had Trevor Lawrence and he made Trevor Lawrence look terrible. Only Urban Meyer can do that. But yeah, he was the coach. 
Then you have the good Jesus man himself, Tim Tebow. Uh, obviously, Tim Tebow, one of the best college quarterbacks of all time. Religious nut. So him and Urban Meyer. Also, and then also on that team, you got uh, convicted murderer Aaron Hernandez. Uh, you had the Pouncy Twins, who were both had very good NFL careers. Uh, one longtime center for the Steelers, one longtime center for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, also, when Aaron Hernandez was going to trial, they were saying he was innocent. So there were boys with Aaron Hernandez. Uh, who else was on that team? Uh, Riley Cooper. Riley Cooper was on that team. Probably not a lot of people know not that name. Uh, he said the N-word on video, and that was basically it for his career. He got cancelled, and that was when cancelling wasn't even a thing, but yeah. Riley Cooper, not a great dude. Who else was on that team? I think we got Percy Harvin. Uh, Percy Harvin, one of the most dynamic uh, playmakers to play in the NFL at a time. Great kick returner, great punt returner. Uh, Also got in a fight with one of his teammates at some point in the NFL. So he was on that team. Cam Noon was there for a brief period of time before he stole a laptop and then had to go to community college before turning in one of the greatest college seasons ever at Auburn. Uh, But yeah, that'll be a very interesting documentary. I know the guys on Pardon My Take have been saying that someone should be making this documentary. Someone has. There are so many people on this team. Uh, It'll be wild. It'll be wild to figure out kind of the inner workings of what was going on for the for the 2006 to 09 Gators team. And last note up, uh, Josh Allen is going to be on the cover of Madden 24. I saw a lot of people online being like, "What has Josh Allen done to deserve the cover of Madden 24?" Let's pump the brakes a little bit. Uh, Peyton Hillis was on the cover of Madden 13. That guy had one great season and then nothing else the rest of his career. Uh, And realistically, it's like, oh, he he hasn't won anything. The only players in the league right now who have said that they have won something are Pat Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Jackson, Matt Stafford. Those are the only four quarterbacks anyways that have really won anything of note. I don't think I'm forgetting anyone. I think that covers all the MVPs and Super Bowl winners that are still or quarterbacks anyways, that are still in the league. Uh, So yeah, Josh Allen definitely deserves to be on the cover. One of the most liked players in the NFL. Saying that as a Dolphins fan, that does mean a lot. Uh, Josh Allen is that guy. I love Josh Allen. Uh, Happy that he is on the cover. Uh, The Madden curse, though, always looms. I guess, who was on the cover last year? Was Pat Mahomes on the cover last year again? I don't know. Either way. Uh, but as Keegan said, the Bills are already a cursed franchise, so what's one more curse to the mix? To It might balance it out. Hey, a negative plus a negative equals positive. Maybe the Bills being a cursed franchise on top of the Madden curse from Josh Allen. Maybe this is finally the Bills' year to make it to a Super Bowl. Even an AFC Championship game would be great. 
Uh, but yeah, that's it for the NFL weekly update. And let's get into the Hall of Very Good running backs and wide receivers. Okay, Hall of Very Good time. Um, so as I did last week, I got my five guys on the list. So I'll start from five, make my way to one. Um, and yeah, so essentially, if you didn't listen last week, you should listen to last week's. But um, basically, these are guys who I don't think will ever make the Hall of Fame, but have had very, very good NFL careers. Uh, deserve some recognition. But uh, without further ado, let's start with the wide receivers. And at number five, I have Roddy White. If you don't know the name Roddy White, he was a longtime Falcon uh, played with Julio towards the end of his career, but basically played from 05 to 2015, four-time Pro Bowler, one-time All-Pro, uh, finished his career with 808 receptions, 10,863 yards, uh, 63 touchdowns. Yeah, he was he was a baller. He was a baller before Julio was there. He was a baller while Julio was there too. That was a great tandem. Uh, with young Julio and yeah basically started his career with Mike Vick then Mike Vick went to prison ended up getting first overall no they didn't get first overall pick because the Dolphins picked Jake Long instead of Matt Ryan if I remember correctly either way they picked Matt Ryan had a great career with Matt Ryan Uh, he had six 1200 plus yard seasons receiving hell of a career from Roddy White Definitely deserves some praise. That's why he's number five on the Hall of Very Good list. Uh, moving on to number four, we have Deshaun Jackson, D-Jax. Uh, you should know that name. He was quite literally on the Ravens at the end of last season. A shell of himself on the Ravens last season, but he was playing football last year. Uh, so Deshaun Jackson drafted in 08, played from 08 to 2022. He's still technically a free agent, but we'll see at this point. Uh, Three-time Pro Bowler, uh, one-time second-team All-Pro, so he was never uh, first-team All-Pro. Finished his career, 641 receptions, 11,263 yards, 58 touchdowns. But what Deshaun Jackson was known for was that vertical threat. He could stretch the field. He was a burner. Uh he averaged 17.6 yards per catch for his career. Uh, I was trying to look like all-time because I'm like, oh, that's a high number. That should probably be up there. I think he was in like the mid-30s all-time with that number for his career. I mean, there was a lot of guys on that list who, I mean, played in the 60s and 70s who barely football back then, if we're being honest. That's not true. The game's pretty similar. Either way, um... But yeah, his career highs for yards per catch, he had 22 and a, 22 and a half yards per catch. Is that right? Yards per reception. I like yards per reception more. Uh, in 2010, and then 20.9 yards per reception in 2014. Uh, one with the Eagles, one with the... Uh, one with Washington. Uh, but yeah... Like, can you imagine, like, so Deshaun Jackson, 2010, you throw him the ball, he's going to get you 22 and a half yards on average. Nuts. 
absolutely insane year, absolute burner, also has one of the dumbest plays in NFL history where he runs back that, I think it was a punt, and I think it was to win the game or something like that, but he was one of the first people to not bring the ball all the way into the end zone, dropped it just before, didn't hit the goal line, no part of the ball hit that white line, it was a fumble, ruled a touchback, and yeah, that's why always, always make sure you have the ball. There's always time to celebrate after, but yeah, that was that's always one of those plays. That's what I that's what I remember Deshaun Jackson for. Uh next up on the list at number three, we have AJ Green. So I mentioned this a while ago, or a couple episodes ago, anyways, that AJ Green would be a good candidate after he retired for the Hall of Very Good, and here he is at number three, uh, played from 2011 to 2022, finished his career with 727 receptions, 10,514 yards, 70 TDs, uh, was two-time second-team All-Pro and a seven-time Pro Bowler. Uh, A.J. Green was one of the best receivers in the league for a long time when he was on the Bengals anyways. Uh, it just so happened that Andy Dalton was his quarterback. Now, don't get me wrong, Andy Dalton is a very fine quarterback, but if he would have had anybody better throwing him the ball, he would have had way better of a career. And that's saying something because he had a hell of a career. Obviously went to Arizona after the Bengals, and we all saw how that played out. Um, yeah, AJ Green, just one of those like underrated guys, overlooked guys for most of his career. But when he was on the Bengals, that is someone he he was going to get you a thousand yards every year. No questions asked. All right, moving on to number two, Brandon Marshall, Brandon Marshall, uh, Fuck, long time. I mean, he just hopped around the league, if we're being honest. Started in Denver, went to Miami, went to the Bears, uh, went to the Jets. Then spent his time at the end of his career with stints in for the Giants and Seattle. Uh, I think he was also on the Saints for a bit. Didn't record any stats there. And he was on the Steelers practice squad. But, yeah. Brandon Marshall, number two, uh, played from 2006 to 2019, six-time Pro Bowler, uh, one-time first-team All-Pro, one-time second-team All-Pro, 970 receptions, 12,351 yards, 83 TDs. He has the record for most catches in a game at 21. Uh, If you had Brandon Marshall on your fantasy team for that game, especially if you did have PPR, I don't even know if that was a thing whenever he set the record for that game, but... That would have been a monster game for Brandon Marshall. Um, And one of those guys who, obviously a hell of a career, you just saw me, or you just heard me read off the stats, but his quarterbacks or who he... Yeah, his quarterbacks for his career were not good quarterbacks. When he was in Denver, he had Kyle Orton and Jay Cutler, both fine quarterbacks, and he goes to Miami... Uh, Chad Henney and Matt Moore, uh, both known for being Pat Mahomes' backups more than anything. Um, then he goes to the Bears. He gets Jay Cutler back. Uh, again, Jay Cutler, 
good quarterback. I compared him to Justin Herbert at one point, and I still kind of like that. But, <laughs> um, yeah, and then he played with Josh McCowan also for the Bears, and then he had Ryan Fitzpatrick for those Jets years mixed in with Geno Smith and Bryce Petty. Uh, Bryce Petty, that's a name that... I mean, why would you ever hear that name? That guy was just a flash in the pan. Great college career at Baylor. College career at Baylor, though. Yeah, Brandon Marshall, again, I said it with A.J. Green, and Andy Dalton was a fine quarterback, but Brandon Marshall bouncing around from team to team. His best quarterback that he ever played with is Jay Cutler, and he put up those stats. Uh, hell of a receiver. Again, his stats are close, but I don't think he'll ever make the haul. That's why he is haul of very good. And number one on my list, I have Chad Johnson, Chad Ochocinco, number 85 himself. Uh, started in 2001, finished his career in 2011. Six-time Pro Bowler, two-time All-Pro. Finished his career with 766 receptions, 11,059 yards, 67 TDs, and... Like uh, like Brandon Marshall, didn't have great QB play. I feel like that's probably a theme on this list, uh, if we're really being honest. But uh, yeah, spent most of his career, or spent all of his career with the Bengals. He had one season in New England that didn't amount to much. But uh, he had Carson Palmer throwing him the ball. Carson Palmer, when he was on the Bengals, was not very good really had a resurgence towards the end of his career uh, with the Cardinals and Bruce Arians there and then when it wasn't Carson Palmer it was John Kitna uh not great names that's when that's when the Bengals stunk it's weird to say because before Joe Burrow Andy Dalton was the best quarterback the Bengals had since Boomer Esiason uh Crazy to say, but yeah. Chad Ochocinco, uh, I was actually lucky enough to see him play live when he played for the Montreal Alouettes in the CFL. Uh, and yeah, when it was the Ottawa Red Blacks first season here, he was on the Alouettes. And I was one, I'm like, I want to go watch Chad Johnson play. Uh, he did fuck all in the CFL in terms of stat-wise, but I watched him Every single snap, he was on the field, uh, wide open, literally every single time. His footwork, his route running, some of the best in the game ever. Uh, Hell of a personality. I mean, obviously, to switch your last name to your jersey number in Spanish. Uh, Take some balls. Even, fuck, he wore... he, He put on the gold jacket on the sideline as a touchdown celebration, and unfortunately... He's never going to make it. Uh, hell of a career, though. One of the one of, one of of the best personalities to play in the league, uh, but he is number one on my Hall of Very Good list. Moving on to the running backs. Starting off at number five, we have Steven Jackson. Steven Jackson... Uh, Played with the Rams for the majority of his career. Finished off with the Falcons. Played from 2004 to 2015. Uh, three-time Pro Bowler. Two-time second-team All-Pro. Finished his career with 11,438 yards. 69 TDs. Uh, but what was impressive about Steven Jackson, and I've always had this in the back of my mind. I don't know why, but he had 
eight straight 1,000-yard seasons. And those were on Rams teams that were god-awful. Those were like the Sam Bradford year St. Louis Rams. That's a throwback. Uh, But yeah, eight straight 1,000-yard seasons is very impressive. Very impressive at the running back position with all the wear and tear they go through. One of the most consistent running backs uh, of the 21st century. We can honestly say that. Uh, Great career uh, when he moved over to the Falcons. That's where things started to go down. I mean, obviously he was getting older in age, but eight straight 1,000-yard seasons is very, very impressive. Moving on to number four, we have Beast Mode. We got Marshawn Lynch, the Skittles man himself. Uh, starting in 07, or yeah, drafted in 2007 for the Buffalo Bills, uh, finished his career in 2019, four-time Pro Bowler, one-time All-Pro, finished with 10,413 yards, 85 TDs, and basically owns every Seahawks franchise rushing record. All you can really say, uh, I mean, Beast Mode was integral for those uh, those Seahawks Super Bowl runs. Obviously, he should have got the ball at the one-yard line instead of passing it. Uh, still a crazy finish to that game. But yeah, he had a four-year stretch with the Seahawks there where he was above 1,200 yards every season, above or close to 10 touchdowns every season. Just an absolute monster. I don't think I will ever forget uh, his run versus the Saints in the playoffs the beast quake run where I mean he must have he must have broken a tackle from every defender on the Saints on that play. Uh the reason it's labeled Beast Quake if you didn't know is because the Seattle fans literally caused an earthquake. They were so loud. Um hell of a story, hell of a career for Marshawn Lynch, one of my favorite guys to run the ball. Would just love to run through you. And that's the style that I like for my running backs. I mean, that's the style I played when I played rugby, and that's why my shoulders are absolute shit right now. Uh, moving on to number three, we have Ricky Williams. One of the reasons why I became a Dolphins fan is this man uh, started in 1999, played 2011, one-time Pro Bowl, one-time All-Pro, 10,009 yards, 66 TDs, uh... Yeah, so Ricky Williams, one of my favorite Dolphins to ever play. Uh, I fell in love with him immediately on NFL Street. The best running back in that game. Absolute monster. You could not tackle him. Couldn't tackle him in real life either, if you're being honest. But the legend of Ricky Williams basically starts with, on draft night, Mike Ditka, head coach of the Saints, basically traded their entire draft away to get Ricky Williams. Um, Absolute lunacy to do that. Uh, Was Ricky Williams worth it? Not really, because he just went to the Dolphins right after, and then that's where he had his truly great years. But uh, you might be looking, or you might be hearing the stats that I read off, only 10,000 yards, only one-time Pro Bowl, or only one-time All-Pro, and wondering, like, huh, what happened? Uh, Ricky Williams likes to smoke weed as many of us do, but it basically, he was the Josh Gordon before Josh Gordon. Uh, in 
he had a three-year stretch where he went 12 games played. He had a four-game suspension, then he missed the entire... So that was 05, he missed four games. Missed the entire 2006 season, and then he played one game in 2007. Uh, basically retired from the league, because, I mean, fucking bullshit that weed was a illegal substance, but is what it is. Rules have changed now, obviously, but... Uh, yeah, during that time, though, he went to the Toronto Argonauts in the CFL to play football because he didn't want to play. And his one stipulation was, if you're going to go do that, then you're going to come back and play for the Dolphins next year. He agreed. Um, but while he was there, so Joe Theismann, who used to play for the Argonauts, uh, former Washington quarterback to, I think he's two-time Super Bowl winner with them, played in the 70s. Either way, kind of a dickhead after I read this, but... Uh, so basically the, the Argonauts signed him and then Joe Theismann comes out and says, uh, Theismann claimed he was disgraced to be associated with the team that would knowingly sign an addict such as Williams. Uh, CFL had no substance abuse policies at the time, so it was fine. Um... Yeah, so Joe Theismann calling Ricky Williams an addict and being disgraced to have ever shared the Argonauts name with a guy like him. Fucking bullshit. Uh, But the funny part about this, though, is Joe Theismann's son pleaded guilty in 2002 to a felony charge of possessing drug paraphernalia, uh, received a 10-year suspended prison term, placed on five-year probation, and was fined. Either way, so uh, the Argo's co-owner came out and basically called Joe Theismann out to be like, you're shitting on Ricky Williams for smoking weed. Meanwhile, your son was arrested and on five years probation for essentially doing something similar. So, yeah, Joe Theismann, shitty guy, Ricky Williams, Nothing but love. Uh, It just sucks that, I mean, he could have been an all-time great and weed was the reason he was not. Uh, Still had a great career. I think, I mean, his one all-pro year, he had like 1,800 yards and like 13 touchdowns, something crazy like that. Absolutely love Ricky Williams. Uh, Next guy up, number two, a name that everyone should know. Uh, Le'Veon Bell might be a little high for him. Uh, I put him here when I was just kind of going through names in my head. I'm like, yeah, I like Le'Veon Bell at that spot. Uh, played from, uh, 2013 to 2021, three-time pro bowler, two-time all pro only finished with 6,554 yards rushing 42 TDs. Uh, what made Le'Veon Bell so special in my mind was his receiving ability. He was getting 100 targets a season uh, back with the Steelers, lining up with the slot. Uh, in 2014, he had 2,215 scrimmage yards. Uh, absolutely insane. And yeah, his patience running the ball was something it's you seem like he would get that ball he'd be in slow motion and then he would just hit that hole and be gone and 
Yeah, it sucks that his career ended the way it did. I mean, he held out with the Steelers. The Steelers weren't going to pay him. Uh, went to the Jets, and then Adam Gase was the coach. And then that was that. And then spent time with the Chiefs, Tampa Bay, Baltimore. And yeah, now he's out of the league. But at one point, Le'Veon Bell was one of the best running backs in the NFL. Uh Hell of a talent, hell of a receiver, hell of a do it, hell of a do it all back. Uh, one of my favorite guys that I have seen run the ball, and I mean, he he could do it all for the Steelers. That's why I have him at number two on my list. And finishing up at number one, it's Jamal Charles. I think Jamal Charles could get in the Hall of Fame. He's one of those guys who also had a shortened career because of injuries. Uh, Played from 08 to 2018, four-time Pro Bowler, two-time All-Pro. Finished his career with 7,563 yards, 40 and 44 touchdowns. Uh, he averaged, uh, yeah, he averaged 5.5 yards per carry during his career in Kansas City. Uh, that's an absolute, absolutely nuts. Finished his career at 5.4 yards per carry, which is an NFL record for a running back with over a thousand carries. I think that's the stipulation, but uh, insane. He was a jukebox back there for those uh, Chiefs teams. God, was he good. I know uh, he had a couple seasons where he averaged over six yards a carry. That's how dynamic he was with the football in his hand. I know some people compared him to a Barry Sanders uh, for Charles's prime, which not that far off. Uh, absolutely dynamic weapon for those Chiefs teams. It just sucks that those were the bad Chiefs teams. That was before Alex Smith got there. Uh, I don't even know who would have been. Matt Castle? Matt Castle would have been the Chiefs quarterback. Uh ensuring Jamal Charles' prime, so that's not great. But Jamal, Jamal Charles, number one on my Hall of Very Good for the running backs. Uh, yeah, I think that'll do it for this week's episode. Uh, next week, I'll start getting into the defensive players for Hall of Very Good. A uh, little bit of a shorter episode this week, but that's what happens when nothing's really happening in the NFL. Uh, oh, I'll add one note that I didn't say off the top. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, obviously nothing's happened with him, but I think it's narrowed down to three teams now. It is the Browns, it is the Patriots, it is the Texans. The one thing I will say, though, is I think if any team gives him a multi-year deal, that just proves that I don't. they're not contenders. They don't think that they're contenders any contender would give him a one-year deal. I don't think Hopkins wants that one-year deal. We'll see where he goes. I think obviously any team adding him is a big upgrade to their room. Yeah, I don't have to speak much more on that. You can listen to what I said about Hopkins last week. But uh, yeah, I think that'll do it though. So if you've liked this, please like, share, retweet, subscribe, all that fun stuff. And until next time, peace.